You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our Set Apart to Serve series today, looking forward to a conversation about family life mm-hmm. and encouraging consideration of church work vocation. So looking forward to that conversation. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, we have the Zeller family, Allison and Michael Zeller, the members of Our Savior Lutheran Church right here in Fenton, Missouri. Zellers, welcome to the Coffee Hour today. Thanks for having us. Mm -hmm. I am really thankful for Dr. Bonick, who shares ideas (laughs) with us for stories for the Set Apart to Serve series. He said, how about this family in our congregation who they're there like every Sunday with their kids and always, you know, just the way that they go about life, I think, is shaping how their kids understand church work vocation. So let's talk about what it's like to be a Zeller. Um, (laughs) You know, let's talk about how your stories began and how you were formed in the faith. Do you want to start, Allison? Sure. Yeah. I grew up Lutheran, Missouri Synod, but our family wasn't necessarily every Sunday. So kind of in and out. And then in college is really when I started to I guess as an adult, you know, take on your faith as your own responsibility. Like, you know, mom's not getting me out of bed in the morning, so (laughs) (laughs) got to set my own alarm. And But yeah, I went to the University of Iowa, great campus ministry program there, pastor, all of that. So that's really when I came into my own, kind of, and then just kind of took off from there. Mm -hmm. Michael, what about you? I was actually baptized Catholic here, and we went to Sunday school generally as a kid up until I was about in first grade. And then at some point, I don't know why, my parents, and we just kind of stopped going to church. And that was very unfortunate back then. And then through my childhood, I always kind of had a longing to go. But having been in a family that didn't really go to church, it it just kind of never materialized. And then through young adulthood, I had started to go again like every few Sundays a month. And then when Allison and I met, you know, both as good Christians, you know, that's when we really started going every Sunday and it kicked off and we started our family. So why is it important for you, especially considering both of your your backgrounds is fairly different backgrounds in the church? Why is it important for you to be intentional about teaching the faith to your children, Allison? Yeah. Gosh, that's just a huge thing, right? Because... (laughs) In today's world, especially, kids are just fed so many different things, right? And so much of it isn't really truth. And so for them to know, like, this is God's word, this is who he is, this is how he saved us, like, this is your truth, you know, not what you hear out there, but this is it. And just to have that starting from such a young age so that they never really think about, and and not to say they never think about another option, but like, they know, like, 100%, this is it, this is the truth, and this is what guides my life. Yeah, everyone is being catechized in one way or another, whether mm-hmm. you're being catechized by yeah. the world yeah. or catechized by the word. Yes. And and, and maybe some combination therein <laughs> in the world that we live in. Yeah. So what are the what are ways what are the ways that you you do that, that you have your kids in the word? How are you going about raising them in the faith? What are some of the things practically that that looks like? Well, we go to church every Sunday and they go to Sunday school, you know, every Sunday while we're in Bible study. We actually homeschool our kids, and Allison stays home with them, and then they have Bible time every day, five days a week. We pray at mealtimes. We pray at dinner time. Or sorry, not at dinner time, but at bedtime. We sit down, and each person has a, a prayer, and then we end that with the Lord's Prayer on a nightly basis. Yeah. How does that 
How is that like your childhood and maybe different than your own? <laughs> very different. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, very different. I feel like we both have kind of grasped onto the fact that your kids are going to learn something and kind of going back to that catechesis, right? And so what do we want them to learn and know and kind of taking charge of that instead of being more in the background? You know, like our Bible study teacher talks about parents who just want to let their kids decide. You know, when they're old enough, they'll decide. And he says, well, I I let them go across the street, you know, go across 141, across the highway, because when they're old enough, they can decide not to. You know, like you'd never do that, right? So with something as important as faith and God's word, you're going to direct them and make sure they're going in the right direction and doing the right thing and, and just taking a really active role in that. Mm-hmm. Michael, what about what about you? How's this different from, from how you grew up? It's very different <laughs> because when I was a kid, going to church was pretty much like a Christmas Eve kind of thing. Mm. You know, we didn't pray. We didn't, you know, live in the word. And and now we do. And I really appreciate it that we go to a strong church and we have a strong family. And it, it makes a, a big difference, I think, the lives that we live. Mm-hmm. Since this is what you guys are doing is so different from how both of you were raised. How, how did you get to this point? What were some of the, the influences, the impactful things from your church family, from your pastor, uh, from other parents? How did you kind of come up with the ways that you were going to be able to teach the faith at home to your kids? Yeah. Well, we didn't start homeschooling until COVID. So mm. <laughs> kind of pre-COVID was a little different. And I did stay home with the kids. I worked full time for a while. So it was kind of up and down, you know, and I would say at that point, we just had less time. And so that fact alone makes it much more difficult. And we were still, you know, still every Sunday morning praying and things like that. But the intentionality of it, I guess, now that we homeschool has really has really grown and let us let us bloom in that time that we have available and dedicated to being in the word. Mm-hmm. How would you describe each of your roles in nurturing your kids in the faith? I know you're at home with homeschool. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Michael, how do what do you see your responsibilities, your roles. I really try to be a positive male role model with them, both in church and out of church. Like, I'm not the best singer in the world, but <laughs> I, you know, get up and I do the hymns and I make sure that they're following along and that they're singing out loud and all that. And then at home, you know, pointing out things that if it's not, you know, church, we, we're going to talk about that and make sure that we know what is and what isn't, you know, Jesus. Um, yeah. And I would say even from a from a perspective of being his wife, just the way he serves is such a strong example for the boys to see and to know like this is how a man in God, you know, God fearing family serves his his family and, you know, just like we experience that with Jesus in in the church as his bride. So let's talk about homeschool and the things that you do in homeschool that make a difference in the life of faith for your kids? Yeah, sure. Well, we already talked about our daily devotions and we incorporate hymns and and other other ways of of learning the word into that. We're also a member of a co-op that's faith-based. And so having just that community of friends around and also knowing that who your kids are around. Right. So sometimes the boys are also really active in scouts, which is not faith based. So that's a little bit of a struggle sometimes, you know, and honestly, as a parent, I'm a little fearful. Right. Like, who are these families? What are they teaching you? What you know? But we've grown to trust that and to get to know people and we trust that situation. But but knowing you're around people who who believe the same things, who know, know the truth about God and his word. And then also just throughout the day. Right. So since they're not in 
say, a public school setting, we can bring Jesus into everything we're doing. So it's not just Bible time. It's not just those 20 minutes where we're reading the Bible and singing hymns. At lunch, you know, our middle child, Charlie, is always asking, <laughs> always asking questions about the faith. And so I do my best to answer them. But just having open and honest discussions whenever we're around. And since I am around the kids and, you know, Michael's around when he's not at work, we can have those discussions and talk about it. And not, it doesn't have to be hush-hush, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we have to hide it or something like that. We can just live our faith out in the open all day long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How does all of that interaction help bring up conversations about future vocation, future vocational work? I mean, that's obviously a long way off probably for, for little yeah. kids. Well, not, but We have a 12-year-old, oh, so it's coming not, quick. <laughs> not too far off then. I know. <laughs> How does just that, your openness in talking about religion and faith in general, how does that help you talk about future vocation with your kids? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, Pastor Bonnick has been very vocal at church since he attends our Savior as well, (laughs) putting a bug in the boys' ears. But even before that, I guess we have just always been very open about it, about we have a pastor up front, but there are pastors all across the nation who are serving in different capacities, even here at Synod or in other capacities of church work, of teachers, of DCEs and things like that. I guess we've just always been really open about talking to the kids about that, about how it it might be a possibility. And, you know, you have this trait, so this might be something that you'd be interested in and you could serve well here. And yeah, our middle son definitely is is possible pastor. He's really, really into the word and all these questions. I mean, you can really tell his wheels are turning and he's very empathetic and just has that heart for it. And then our oldest has thought about teaching. So we'll see. But our youngest is still on like the canine police officer mm-hmm. kind of track. Yes. So, Perfect. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe try. chaplain. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I think the easiest way to bring it up just with, you know, you always ask a kid, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then they always rattle off, you know, the the easy ones. But then you can always just say, hey, what about being a pastor or a Lutheran school teacher or something like that? And, you know, they think about it and it, it gets it in their brain to think about. Mm. How have they been receptive to those questions? You want to go? <laughs> I would say Charlie, yeah, our middle son, is, is very receptive. Like he is definitely – deep in thought and you can tell like especially in church like he sits down when we get there early he reads through the hymnal like he can tell you what the latest date of easter is up until yeah. the 2050 he like loves that. the calendar of the yeah, church the year. calendars and things <laughs> like that but yeah he's, yeah he's ready to go to seminary now yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> he is actually very eager to start confirmation he was begging yeah, he to do confirmation wait. this year but we start in fifth grade at our savior so he's really He's excited. I will say, though, too, for our other two who aren't as out and, you know, certain and sure about it, it's a little bit of a hard conversation, you know, because a pastor isn't necessarily as flashy and fun as a canine police officer. (laughs) But then I think it's our job as parents, too, to really point out, like, hey, the value of this, right? And this is serving God's people and something that's really deeply needed in the church right now. And then also, I know there's a I think Martin Luther King Jr. said it, but a a quote about if you sweep the streets or if you whatever you do, you know, do it the best you can into God's glory. And so I think that's, you know, important to point out, too, no matter what you do, like we will always love you. Jesus will always love you. But church work is a good thing, too. So (laughs) look at that as well. We're talking about family life and considering church work vocations, particularly helping kids consider church work vocations with the Zeller family today. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Showing support for KFUO is now easier than ever. You can sport a KFUO shirt, swag, or even socks by visiting our online store. Go to kfuo.org slash store and order high-quality KFUO-branded merch. You no longer need to wait for our annual share for a chance to show your KFUO spirit. Visually share and wear this ministry out in the world by checking out our selection. Every purchase helps to support our proclamation of Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Go to kfuo.org slash store. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series. Today we're talking about family life and the formation, faith formation and nurturing children in the true faith. And how does that then shape their understanding of serving in the church as a church worker in the future. Now, Michael, you mentioned earlier, like being in church is important. Singing, you're like, I'm not the best singer, but it's important to us to be there, to be ready to sing the hymns. How do you see music shaping the 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 faith of your children and your, your family's faith life together? I, it actually is very helpful. I think one of the things we actually looked at, listening to Christian music actually does help build faith and kids and like our kids are actually learning to play the piano when you have the hymnal out on the piano and they learn to play those songs as well as in church you know they mm-hmm. they do all that and then singing and, and everything even at home sometimes they'll sing the we'll hear them up playing legos upstairs and they're singing the liturgy yes <laughs> at the top of their lungs and not very beautiful but you know the word of god is on there yeah. And I will say, too, not even not only hymns, but we know these kind of silly songs, but they're really just Bible verses. And mm-hmm. so having that memory and sometimes when we're when we're reading the Bible, they'll be like, I know this from somewhere. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because we have a song, you know, these words already like mm-hmm. you have them in your head and on your heart already because, you know, it through music. Yeah, and that will only expand and grow as they grow up and learn more music. I mean, my husband and I, when we're sitting in church and something comes up that's out of Handel's Messiah, he's bouncing along right next to me because he's singing it in his head. Straight out of scripture, yes. Yes. So (laughs) when you get to those readings... Yes, and you can't read it. You can only hear can the tune in your head. It. Yeah, yes. yeah. So that that's wonderful that your kids are, are doing that already, and I, that that's just one of the small joys in life when kids belt out liturgy. Yes, yes. at home because you know that they're even if they're squirming in church, you know that they're paying attention exactly at, the, at a deeper level, and that really is <laughs> that that it is sinking in, even if it's difficult sometimes in yes. church. Yes. What role do your pastor, your, your your Bible study teachers, how do they help inform what you teach at home with your kids? Sure. Well, our, our Savior is nothing but supportive. So we have our lead pastor and an assistant pastor and even a few pastors there from who work at Synod. And everybody is nothing but encouraging, just very encouraging, not only to the boys and, you know, kind of, I know we kind of made fun of it, but <laughs> Pastor Bonnick telling them, you know, supporting mm-hmm. them and saying, hey, we see you here. This this might be a, a path for you, but also supporting Michael and I and saying like, hey, we see you here every Sunday. We know it's not the easiest thing to do, but you're doing the right thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I see that as very supportive. Do you want to talk about Bible study, Michael? I know you. 
I he loves Bible yes. study. <laughs> like he's, I think one of the best part about our church is, is Bible study, and one of the things that is really good about it is just it's it's very Jesus centered. Mm-hmm. Everything we say and do goes back to to Jesus on the cross, and I hope that you know the boys in the Sunday school they're learning that as well, and you know, they always come in at the the end of our Bible study when they get released from Sunday school. I remember one time Ben used our littlest. And the teacher said something, and the answer was Jesus, of course. And he just <laughs> shouted it out, and everybody <laughs> laughed, you know, because we, we, that's exactly what we say. We know they're listening, mm-hmm. even when we think they're not. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Dr. Bonick mentioning to your kids, you know, the things that, that he sees in them and encouraging them to consider church work. What about other other adults in the congregation? How do they support you in your vocations and encourage your kids as well? Yeah, well, I'm in the choir, too, at church, and so that is kind of a more, I guess, social time, you know, the few <laughs> minutes before and the few minutes after to to talk to everybody. And that, too, you kind of—that's another time you see you're the community of believers, you know, every, the people are there, and you're talking to them about your day, about your life, and things like that. And so you can kind of track along with each other, right, and, and know that, hey, the mom that sits next to me, she's going through a hard time, right? So how can we kind of offer her some— extra encouragement and support. And they do the same thing for me. You know, when when we started homeschooling, everybody was very eager to ask how it was going and supportive and just always offering an extra word of support to us. So I think that's that's key for us is, is having that extra touch point, at least for me to get out of the house on Thursdays <laughs> and, <laughs> and go and do something different and also have it be, you know, surrounded um, by, by church. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier that and your role as parents, you're identifying those skills that your kids have. How does that work in that community that you have with the your, your brothers and sisters in Christ and the other families, the other kids at church? How does that community, how do you as adults help each other identify the skills and talents that the kids in your congregation have so that they can, they, they can consider church work? Yeah, I think like Michael said, the Sunday school program is a big part of it. I know they have a few teachers in there, a few different teachers that work with the kids from week to week. And it's very cool. One of them is actually a pilot. He used to fly for oh. Fabic. And so he actually has an aero club through the church and school. Oh. And so all the boys have flown with him, not by themselves, but <laughs> but with <laughs> him. And so cool. he lets them take the, you know, take the, the, the controls and all of that. And so that's kind of maybe a skill you wouldn't think of as necessarily yeah. church work, but that's again, that's really cool. an adult, right. An adult at church really taking time to invest in young people. Mm-hmm. And so just identifying that and giving kids a chance to explore something they would have never explored before. Yeah. But even beyond that, like Eli and confirmation, you know, pastor really keeps it, I would say kind of light, you know, it's not like it's, you know, we're, by the book and everything is is structured every week and but just keeping it light and allowing the kids to kind of bring their own concerns and feelings and you know questions to the table and the pastor's really opening to an, open to answering all of that for them mm-hmm. i want to go back to the aero club because you brought it up so. yeah i um, want to be in an aero okay, club okay <laughs> so the first time one of your boys flew yes what were, just just bring us there See, to that moment. I don't go up because I get terrible motion sickness. Uh, so even on a jet, I cannot. I it's So Michael does all the flying. <laughs> I stay on the ground. It's pretty neat, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first time he actually did it, it was in a aircraft that was actually built in the 1920s. Whoa. Which was very surprising, but completely restored. And this pilot, he was a, like a, a Vietnam era pilot or something like that. And he had got all this plane and restored it. And... When he went up, he was very nervous. When he came down and got out of the plane, it was a smile from ear to ear. 
it, it's really, really cool. What does that mean to you to have fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in your congregation who are willing to to share their gifts and talents to help bring that out in, in help identify those in your kids? It means a lot. The fact that they can donate their time and their things uh, for that and, and to show God's love to them and, and really spread that word. And to have another example of a strong male role model, you know, Mm -hmm. to see like, hey, this guy has this really awesome job and he's a Christian and this is how he's living it out. Right. So he's not just stopping when, you know, after church, like he's going the extra mile to do all these things for the kids and to really, again, to serve right Mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus. Yeah. It's not mutually exclusive to have a cool job and also go to church on Sunday. Yes, exactly. Yeah, those are those are really cool examples for kids to be able to see that, to have those role models in your own congregation, to have the, those options available. Why is it important for you guys to to have your kids in church, in Sunday school, in the divine service every Sunday? You know, one of the things that they've finally stopped asking is, are we going to church today? Which they, they want to do as little kids, but now they just know it's something that we do. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't even ask anymore. We get up and we go to church. We go to early service, you know, every Sunday morning. And when they're there, they're hearing God's word. They're learning the message. And, you know, it's it's really good. I think it's a lifelong habit. Right. Mm -hmm. So both of us really didn't have that growing up. But that's something we purposely want to give the kids. It's like this isn't an option. This isn't an, well, if I didn't stay up so late last night, (laughs) maybe I could go. No, like we're in church no matter what, you know. And having that as a habit and having that as also what I really appreciate from our church is that every Sunday, you know, you're going to get God's word, right? You're going to get it from the pulpit. You're going to get it in the liturgy. You're going to get it in the hymns. You're going to get it after church at Bible study and Sunday school. And so knowing that is there every Sunday and all we have to do is get out of bed, right? So (laughs) let's get out of bed, get dressed and go. (laughs) Do you have other traditions? Okay. So you have Sunday morning divine service, Bible class. Do you have other family traditions on Sunday? Our family is like Sunday afternoon nap. So. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> we Sometimes we clean on Sundays. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not a fun tradition, but <laughs> other than that, I don't think, can you think of I any? wouldn't say we have a tradition, no. They, I, mean, I mean, they like to watch them play football and, yes. and do things yeah, like that, of football. course. Yeah. But yeah. Nice. Beyond that, we Sunday's like a open. day to get things done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With just a, a couple minutes left, why is it important to you? you you've mentioned Bible class uh, multiple times. Why is it important to you to be in the Word, uh, your, your your kids are in Sunday school. Why is it important for you to continue learning and being in the Word? Yeah, um, well, I would say it's just the same as the kids learning stuff from the world, and you know, being catechized by the world or by by God. It's the same for us, you know. And I guess I'm a little more sheltered because I do stay home with the kids. But the world, the news, social media, all of that is trying to tell you. A different thing than God's word. And so to be refreshed every day by being in the word and by knowing the truth and having that in your head and and even on your lips, you know, singing hymns and things like that, it's just so important to staying rooted in the word and not being blown every which way by what culture and the world tells you. Mm-hmm. Right. Michael, for you, why is uh, it important? Because faith comes from hearing the word. Mm-hmm. And if you don't hear it, that faith is going to wane and you have to have that Every week, every day, you know, be mindful, be prayerful, and be in it. 
Well, thank you very much to both of you for sharing your story, being willing to come in and, and talk <laughs> about your family and share this story and your congregation too. It, yeah. it sounds like your congregation is, is very encouraging of you and your family life as well. So thanks for making some time. Since you're here, are the boys just running free somewhere? <laughs> no, they're actually across the street. A very generous neighbor who she has three little girls. So oh. <laughs> they're younger, So, but the boys are doing some, some fun stuff over there for the oh, afternoon. Well, thanks to your neighbor fun. as well yes. and the boys for uh, giving you some time away to come share the story with us. Thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Thanks, guys. Thank you. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve by visiting lcms.org slash SAS. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit kfuo.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at kfuo.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.